Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. No guests on this program today. Just too much to discuss. I don't have any room for any guests. No offense. Lots to do. We're going to have a lot of fun today, too. We're going to start with Elijah Cummings. Now, the thing about my time slot is, I don't know what everybody has said before me. They're on the Internet. They're on websites. They're trying to get their thoughts together, trying to be unique and so forth and so on. I am unique. I don't have to try to be unique. And that's why I'm on at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. The cleanup hitter. No offense. No brag. Just fact. So while some of these things surely must have been discussed during the day, they haven't been discussed by me yet. There we have our friend Elijah Cummings. 20 years ago, almost to the day. Trashing his own city of Baltimore. Imagine that. Can Elijah Cummings be a racist by attacking his own city, Mr. Producer? By using the word infested? Because we all know that infested is a racist word. Now, before we get to Elijah Cummings in 1999, let's listen to our media, our free press that helps hold up our republic and brings us objective truth each and every day. Chris Matthews and April Ryan, Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper, Al Sharpton, John Heilman, Jake Tapper, Victor Blackwell, Trevor Noah, Mika, and so forth. Just remember, infested now is a racist word. Cut to go. Infested, infested, infested. It's a word. It's vermin. It's, it's a Hitlerian term. Let's talk about the word infested when it was used against our Jewish brothers and sisters during the Holocaust. But that word, infested, that word is a particularly loaded one. What he called his crime-infested district. He seems to reserve the word infested for non-whites. He doesn't refer to any of his other opponents or critics as infested. Crime-infested. Disgusting rat and rodent-infested mess. Inf- Infested. 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 Maybe the president got that word and got the idea from Elijah Cummings 20 years ago in Baltimore. Caught one go. This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area. Hold on now. Hold well. Is Elijah Cummings a racist? I think now, given... All that we've learned from our very learned and scholarly media through repetition that infested is a racist word. So the question is, is Elijah Cummings a racist? 
because it was it would appear he's a pioneer of applying that word to his own city of Baltimore. Now, Elijah Cummings doesn't use the word infested when he talks about white neighborhoods. He doesn't use the word infested when he talks about Caucasianoids. No. He used it talking about his own community of Baltimore, which is certainly majority-minority. And so I have to ask the question, is Elijah Cummings a racist? Let's start again at the top of cut one, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. This morning... I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area, where a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. The same children that I watched 14 or 15 years ago as they grew up, now walking around like zombies. This is only 40 miles away from here. Meaning Washington. So he's, he sees kids who've grown up, they're walking around like zombies. Does he say that about white kids? Does he? Does he say it about Martha's Vineyard? Does he say it about... No. He saves it for Baltimore. Baltimore. So Baltimore is drug-infested. president said it's rat-infested. And people are walking around like zombies. Can you imagine if the president said... People are walking around like zombies. People are walking around like zombies in Baltimore. Now, I start with this, ladies and gentlemen, because it just shows you what a sickening, pathetic joke our politics have become, what a sickening, pathetic joke our media have become. Day after day, we are lectured, we're talked down to, the repetition intended to have influence on your politics, on your worldview about the President of the United States being a racist. He didn't say anything much different than Elijah Cummings. And he has said other things that Elijah Cummings didn't say, which is very, very important. What happened to that $16 billion over two years or so that poured into the city of Baltimore? You have the House Chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And he doesn't go into his own city. He doesn't take his staff and investigators into his own cities, the President suggested, to find out what the hell's going on. If it's drug infested and people are walking around like zombies and you're getting all that kind of money, why are you focused on the President's children? Why are you focused on their bank accounts and their communications? And now you see it just takes time, a couple days here and there, for real citizen reporters. Not Jake Tapper. Not Helter Brian Stelter. Not Don Lemon. Not all the other frauds. Citizens to actually dig, dig, look, look, and then voila. Voila. Such frauds. And you can see how this has picked up. The media pushed the narrative. The Democrat Party pushed the narrative. Mr. Producer put together information here with the help of the Daily Caller. The number of times Democratic candidates and moderators last night, same thing at CNN, talked about racism. Cut three, go. We want to turn now to the issue of race in America. 
We have got to take on Trump's racism. We'll call his racism out for what it is. The racial divide lives within me. Environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. And racism or crime or poverty ended on my watch. What Trump is doing through his racism. Systemic racism has touched every part of American life. And segregation and the institutional racism we see now. President Trump is pursuing a re-election strategy based in part on racial division. We'll also sign into law Sheila Jackson Lee's reparations bill so that we can have the national conversation we have waited too long in this country to have. If you did the math of the 40 acres and a mule, given that there was four to five million slaves at the end of, of, of the Civil War, there four to five and they were all promised 40 acres and a mule for every family of four. If you did the math today, it would be trillions of dollars. A white wealth gap in America. Racial issues. The racial divide lives within me. $50 billion into historically black colleges and universities. Close the black-white wealth gap in America. Systemic racism has touched every part of American life. If you walk into an emergency room and you are black, your reports of pain will be taken less seriously. If you apply for a job and you are black, you are less likely to be called just because of the name on the resume. Majority of domestic terrorism cases this year have been motivated by white supremacy. In fact, the alleged shooter in this weekend's attack in Gilroy, California, referenced a well-known white supremacist book on social media. Yes, How by the way, that's, uh, that's Don Lemon who seems to fail to talk about the mass murder that takes place in the inner cities of our country, seems not concerned about it in the least because it doesn't push his racial narrative that the vast majority of killing that takes place in this country is black men killing black men. And it is a serious problem. And they don't report on what goes on in Chicago. They don't report on what goes on in Baltimore. That's why when the president points it out, Pretty much the same way Elijah Cummings did, but that was 20 years ago. They've got to pounce. They have to attack. Go ahead. Rise of white supremacy. We need to call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism. It's why I've proposed that we do everything from investing in historically redlined neighborhoods Mayor. to build black wealth in homeownership to supporting entrepreneurship for black Thank parents. you very much. We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. 73% of African Americans are in favor of cash payments to black Americans who are dis- of slaves. How do you respond to them? <laughs> the wealth that we have built, the way we became the greatest country on the face. Now, by of the way, every Democrat debating last night was white. Just thought I'd point that out. Not one of them lives in a black neighborhood. Not one of them lives in a rat infested neighborhood. Not one of them lives in a drug infested neighborhood. None of the so-called moderators and Don Lemon isn't a moderator. He's a bomb thrower. None of them live in rat-infested, drug-infested black neighborhoods. Not one of them. But they feel more noble. They feel more moral than everybody else because they figure they can talk about it. Go ahead. On the backs of those who were kidnapped and brought here by force. The legacy of slavery and segregation 
and Jim Crow and suppression is alive and well in every aspect of the economy and in the country today. It was 250 years of slavery, followed by another 100, 100 years of domestic terrorism. How are you going to combat the rise of white supremacy? Race. Racism. Racism. Racial. Racism. 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 And racism. 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 Segregation. On racial division. Racial issues. In racial divide. Of slaves. Slavery. Slavery. White supremacy. And ladies and gentlemen, the irony is this is a Democrat debate with Democrat hosts. And they keep talking about slavery, but they don't talk about the role of Democrats in the Democrat Party. Segregation of the role of Democrats in the Democrat Party. White supremacists and the Klan. The role of Democrats in the Democrat Party. Isn't that interesting? They'd rather just blame the country. Here's a little secret. The vast majority of the colonists didn't own slaves. The vast majority of the colonists did not own slaves. The Democrat Party was the party of slavery. The party of the Confederacy. The party of segregation. And there they stand, blaming the country as they run under the banner of the Democrat Party. Why don't they have the Confederate flag, too, and run up and down the stage with that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. We'll circle back to the to the debate of last night. There's another one tonight. Uh, understandably, a little bit more diverse. There will be some people of color. Last night, of course, there were no people of color. Um, now, um, there's been an analysis done by our friends at the Free Beacon, and they took a look at all the proposals by all the Democrats. And they found out that if you take all the proposals and put them together, uh, the Democrats are calling for more than $200 trillion in spending. Now, the economy creates a little over $18 trillion in wealth in any given year. 
Candidates continue to roll out proposals of the 210 trillion, excuse me, trillion here, trillion there. The plurality, 94 trillion, is the estimated cost of a Green New Deal. The remaining 116 trillion, roughly six times the American gross domestic product, is spread across a variety of policy proposals. Universal basic income, uh, reparations for slavery, one recommendation is for half a trillion dollars. That's a complete ripoff, a complete ruse, a complete abuse of power. There will be no reparations for slavery because nobody here was ever a slave owner. That's it, period. Nobody living today, that's for sure. So uh, $210 trillion in proposals by the Democrats. Are we supposed to take these people seriously? And they want to use environmental arguments to destroy capitalism. They want to use socialism to destroy the Constitution. They want to use Medicare, that is Medicare for all, of course, to destroy health care. And when you looked at that stage, what did you find? Did you find uh, an Albert Einstein there? No. An Abraham Lincoln? No. A Churchill? No, they probably don't even like Churchill. And we can go on and on. Anybody there who's truly exceptional on that stage? Not one. Elizabeth Warren, she lied her way into Harvard faculty. Bernie Sanders hasn't held a private sector job in his life. He's an old red. He's, he's really having a blast. Pete Buttigieg. I don't even know what the hell he's done as mayor of uh, Podunk. What else do we have up there? I don't know. But we should turn our economy over to them, our health care over to them, our sovereignty, which they reject, over to them, our foreign policy over to them, to nobodies who've effectively done nothing. Nothing profound with their lives. No, I don't think so. I don't want to turn my life over these people. I don't want to turn the future of my children and grandchildren. They can't even add and subtract. They don't even know basic arithmetic from second grade. Let's see, $210 trillion in proposals. And we get about $3.6 trillion a year in federal taxes. Well, let's see. uh, Can we work that out? It's appalling. Absolutely appalling. We should decriminalize the border, ladies and gentlemen. So now you know. This has been the tactic of the left and the Democrat Party from day one. That is, no borders. Why? Well, why do you think? It serves two purposes. Bloats the government subsidies and welfare rolls and bloats the power of the Democrat Party. More to come. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission— to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. 
Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, uh, the jobs I do are very public. Quite obvious, isn't it, Mr. Producer? I do a radio show. You do? I do a uh, Levin TV program. I do my Sunday Fox show and I write books. More on the latter in a minute. So I'm a public figure, whether I like it or not. I like to push the mission. I don't look for praise or a pat on the back or whatever it is. It's the mission I care about. I believe you've enjoyed the Sunday show, have you not? It has super duper ratings. And I've been treated with absolute respect and professionalism by the people at Fox. Suzanne Scott and the whole crew. John Findlay, Meet Cooper. I mean, they really are good. They don't even bother me. They don't even talk to me. I just do my show. And you, the American people, you appreciate it. It's an important part of the mission. And I want you to know that, without getting into details, that Fox has asked me to continue doing that program for several years. There is a force, however, an individual, a small gaggle of individuals, who are quite wealthy, who are trying to prevent me from doing that show. They're trying to tie my hands. I'm not going to get into it any further at this point, but I can assure you I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight it very, very strongly. And we'll see how it goes. But when I get into fights, I don't lose. And I won't lose this. Because I think the message in that program, the pro-American message, the uniqueness of that program and educating the American people is far too important to allow a handful of backbenchers operating in the shadows to do anything to obstruct it. I will keep you informed. I will stay on top of it. But keep smiling, keep your chin up. We don't accept losers around here. Don't ask me any questions. The time will come when I'll explain everything. But Fox is just terrific. Been absolutely gracious and um, supportive. It's a very well-run company. It's a very well-managed company. 
and uh, it's really quite a pleasure to be associated with them. We'll keep plowing ahead. Now, we have CNN. That is a very poorly run company. It doesn't get any ratings, but it's subsidized by the by the international corporation that owns it. And here's a piece from our buddies at Newsbusters, another tremendous organization, part of the MRC family, Brent Bozell's brain trust. CNN boss Jeff Zucker shifts blame. Trump has hurt our perception among Republicans. Now, if you read the first chapter, just the first chapter of Unfreedom of the Press, all you have to do to go to Amazon and read it, it's up there for free. I put it up there for free, the first chapter. You'll know what a, a liar uh, Jeff Mother Zucker is. And Mother Zucker, you'll note, if you look at CNN and the other media outlets, have been anti-conservative, anti-Republican since long before Trump. It's just come to a head under Trump because Trump doesn't take their crap. And he calls them out. And let me just say this as a a side point, a footnote. Sometimes you cringe, we all cringe at the president, he'll tweet here and there. But it turns out he's smarter than the rest of us in this regard. He's smarter than the rest of us in this regard. This is how he gets issues into the public square, because he can't get them through the media. He not only gets these issues into the public square, he changed... He changes the public debate, even though he comes under a withering attack from the Democrat Party press. Now look what we're talking about. The corruption of Democrat-controlled metropolitan areas. What are we going to do about it? That debate would never have occurred on CNN or MSNBC or anywhere else in any newsroom in the country. Not even the Baltimore Sun. But for the fact that the President of the United States took on a powerful, entrenched, political hack by the name Elijah Cummings who essentially said 20 years ago what the President of the United States tweeted out this weekend. The difference is Elijah Cummings has done nothing about it. The President doesn't run Baltimore. This man goes into Baltimore, Elijah Cummings, asking for votes, asking for campaign donations. It's a one-party city. And he's done precious little to alleviate the bleakness the destitution, the poverty in this city. And a conga line of Democrat mayors, a conga line of Democrat city councils, same thing. Same thing. The reason the president comes under attack is because he's telling the truth. The reason the president comes under attack is because the Democrats circle the wagons to protect their power base, which is mostly these metropolitan areas. That's why Al Sharpton shows up. So let's get back to the CNN boss, Jeff Zucker. Washington Post, by the great Tim Graham, by the way, Washington Post media reporter Sarah Ellison filed a story on CNN boss, Jeff Zucker. Mother Zucker. Maybe Mother mother Zucker. After following him around on July 24, the Mueller hearing day, she apparently asked what happened to CNN among Republicans which had to be a bad ratings question. Zucker blamed Trump, but he didn't consider that maybe CNN's incessantly emotional and ideological tone against Trump played a part in him. Zucker said, <coughs> excuse me, I think Trump has hurt our perception among Republicans to some degree. 
I think it's incredibly unfortunate. You can't have the most powerful man in the world with his megaphone slamming the network every day and not have it have an effect. Now, either this guy is missing the frontal lobe of his brain or he's just an ideological propagandist, and it's the latter. He knows exactly what he's doing. Again, if you look at the first chapter of Unfreedom of the Press, Ellison and the Post avoid any notion that CNN eroded its own audience base with incessant liberal bias and rabid editorializing and crabby chirons and anti-Trump stories that turned out to be untrue. Instead, she relitigates how CNN was too pro-Trump four years ago, and it goes on. I don't know how anyone can look at CNN for one 24-hour period, starting in the morning with Camerata, working its way through the day with one numbskull after another, moving into the evenings with, uh, with fake tap-out, Wolf Blitzed, then moving into the nighttime lineup with Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and come up with any other conclusion. Republicans, and it's not just CNN, have a very negative view of the media in this country. And the reason is, again, the studies, the facts, the evidence, the substances in Chapter 1, the media deserve it. Because the media have become Democrat Party apparatchiks. Even worse, as I write in the book, they're leading the Democrat Party in these directions. They are a social activist progressive movement. Why would you have Don Lemon as a moderator at a debate? At a debate. Don Lemon is a hack. He's a propagandist. And he's not particularly bright. So why would you do that? It's a good question. So that's CNN. And CNN, uh, Mr. Uh, Mother Zucker, is very proud of the coverage of the Russia collusion story. He has said so. And I'm sure he's very proud of Don Lemon. Now here's Don Lemon at the debate last night. Cut four, go. What do you say to those Trump voters who prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry. So that's you. He's speaking for you. What do you say to those Trump voters? See, he views you in a, uh, in a way that is so outrageous. It's Don Lemon who's the racist. It's Don Lemon who's the hater. Trump voters who prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry. We don't prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry because he's not a bigot. That's not a statement of fact. Now let's hear how Klobuchar, supposed to be a moderate, she's a leftist, how she responds to dummy. Go ahead. Well, first of all, uh, there are people that voted for Donald Trump before that aren't racist. They just wanted a better shake in the economy. And so I would appeal to them. But I don't think anyone can justify what this president is doing. Little kids literally woke up this weekend, turned on the TV, and saw their president calling their city, the town of Baltimore, nothing more than a home for rats. And no, I he didn't call it nothing more than a home for rats. That's not what he said. He said something like this. Cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area. 
where a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. And he talks about infested with drugs. The president said infested with rats. It's infested with both. And Elijah Cummings goes on to talk about people walking around like zombies. Now, if Don Lemon had done his homework, which he'll never do, if anyone at CNN had done their homework, which they'll never do, it doesn't, it doesn't support their narrative. That would have been a great question to the Democrats, don't you think? You've been calling the president a racist day in and day out. He used the word infested, which you said is a racist word. Um, let me play you a clip from Elijah Cummings. They could have played that clip, and wouldn't that have been, been the way to question this issue? Yes, of course, but they were never going to do it. They don't do their homework. And Mother Zucker wonders why you, Republicans out there, are very skeptical about CNN. We're not skeptical about CNN. We despise CNN. Now, here's a little piece of news you won't read anywhere except on my social sites. You won't read it anywhere except on my social sites. My book on the press, the unfree press, it was just announced, is on the New York Times bestseller list, hardcover nonfiction, for the 10th week in a row, two and a half months. That's because there's a movement beginning, a movement developing, where we want our country back, our constitution back, and that includes we want our freedom of the press back. These are rights in the Bill of Rights that belong to the people, not to Comcast, not to AT&T, and not to these phony newsrooms. We want a real free press where we can have a real debate about issues, not where Don Lemon goes in the middle of a Democrat debate and makes a, 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 a definitive statement about the president being a bigot. That's not freedom of the press. That's freedom of a big mouth who has a press platform. There's a difference. Nobody's saying get rid of them. Just don't listen to them. Just don't watch them. But CNN is very proud of that. And so I want to thank you folks, those of you who have secured a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Those of you who have been thinking about it, I would just remind you, any moment now, Amazon's going to pull that 52% discount. We just looked at the break. Book is $13.44. It is the greatest secret in Washington, D.C. It is the greatest secret on certain radio and TV shows, even among conservatives. Shh, don't, don't, give them, don't, don't give them any quarter. Who, who are very jealous for some reason. It doesn't matter. If you know people who don't have it, you should get them a copy. Family members, friends, co-workers, or neighbors. Because more and more, the press is feeling your reaction. The modern mass media today, they're feeling your reaction. The phony press, the unfree press. Because you're very sophisticated now in how you view them and understand them in our history of freedom and freedom of the press and freedom of speech. Just remember, knowledge is everything. And when you watch TV, you don't get knowledge. Unfreedom of the press provides you with more knowledge about the press than you'll ever hear from the press itself. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. 
And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Dan Printer, the color print ran out, Mr. Producer. So I can't see it. But AmericanFinancing.net, this is a wonderful, wonderful family-owned company, and they will customize a loan for you and walk you through it, eyes wide open, and I trust them. So uh, check them out, American Financing, 888-900-1828, AmericanFinancing.net. Okay, see if there's any calls out there. I'm having too much fun today. And you know what? I was sorry to see up on the Drudge Report a link that indicated that uh, the ratings were pretty low, 8.2 million, 8.1 million. I think the more we see these people, the more laughable they become. Now, they're dangerous. In some cases, they're diabolical. But the more we hear them and see them, I think the more an American who really is, you know, Embracing American principles, embracing the market system, embracing our history, in other words, who revere this country, are going to be completely turned off by these people. I really believe that. Uh, Let's go to Sean, Oakland, California, a well-known leftist who uh, kind of stalks radio shows, the great KSFO. Go right ahead, sir. Yes, I got a couple of questions if possible. We have one minute. Pick your most important question. Oh, then forget about the question. Let me just make a point then. What I understand is that Trump did not like the fact that the man that was talking to uh, Elijah Cummings in that hearing, Elijah Cummings was yelling at the individual. And I swear, I really feel that because the fact that this man has more authority, Trump didn't like that. No, no, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's your self-delusion. Trump said exactly what he's thinking, that he's browbeating this guy and his team of thousands of honorable men and women who are trying to secure the border, and by the way, most of whom are minorities, while Elijah Cummings doesn't do anything in his own backyard to take care of his own community. Nothing effective anyway. I'll be back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, just some random thoughts. You know, during the course of the day, one of the best news shows, one of the truly best journalists going, Bill Hemmer and Sandra Smith. 
Bill Hammer and Sandra Smith. I haven't been on their show ever. They're very impressive. They really are very impressive. They're real journalists. I don't know. People have time to watch them. I think they're on at 9 a.m. till about noon, give or take. But but they really are. Pleased to say. Now, one of the things uh, that Bernie Sanders was screaming about, like a good old red from the back of the room, uh, was health care. And look at Canada. Look how great it is in Canada. And unfortunately, Jake Tapper and the other reporters simply are not broadly informed about issues. They're so obsessed and time-consumed with trying to take down this president and their hate for this president that they really are not doing the job of a journalist, which is to be informed and to pass on useful information to the American people. And I'm going to prove it to you right now. Jake Tapper... Congressman Delaney, who, by the way, was the best of the bunch from my perspective, and Bernie Sanders. Cut 19, go. Congressman Delaney just referred to it as bad policy, and previously he has called the idea political suicide. That is Medicare for all. Go ahead. President Trump reelected. What do you say to Congressman Delaney? You're wrong. (laughs) Right now. We have a dysfunctional health care system, 87 million uninsured or underinsured, $500,000, 500,000 Americans every year going bankrupt because of medical bills, 30,000 people dying while the health care industry makes tens of billions of dollars in profit. Five minutes away from here, John, is a country. It's called Canada. They guarantee health care to every man, woman and child as a human right. They spend half of what we spend. And by the way, when you end up in a hospital in Canada, you come out with no bill at all. Health care is a human right, not a privilege. I believe that. I will fight for that. This is why I need to debate this man. This is why I need to debate this man. This is why this man, no matter how many times we ask him, whether it's on my Fox program, whether it's on my radio program, he will not appear. He will not appear. Now, I pulled up an article this morning after hearing that from June 11, 2018, from my friend Sally Pipes, who was on Life, Liberty, and Levin just a few weeks back. And she was born in Canada. Her mother died prematurely in Canada. She needed a colonoscopy, her mother, but she couldn't get one in time. She died of colon cancer. Now, Sally Pipes is president of the Pacific Research Institute. And she wrote a piece over a year ago in Forbes. And there's many, many pieces about this. There's many studies about this. They're not hiding that are available to Jake Tapper and the others at CNN. But they choose to ignore them. And Pipes points out that Canada's single-payer health care system forced over one million patients... Over 1 million pay. It's a small country population-wise. It's a large country geographically. To wait for necessary medical treatments last year. That's an all-time record. Those long wait times were more than just a nuisance. They cost patients billions of dollars in lost wages, according to a new report by the Fraser Institute, a Vancouver-based think tank and an outstanding one. 
Long treatment delays are the norm in Canada and other single-payer nations, which ration care to keep costs down, which is why it costs less. It's not hard to keep costs down, ladies and gentlemen, if you give out less medical care, less pharmaceuticals for people who need them. Yet more and more Democratic leaders are pushing for a single-payer system, and more and more voters are clamoring for one. And the leading proponent of transitioning the United States to a single-payer system is Senator Bernie Sanders. If Sanders and his allies succeed, Americans will face the same delays and low-quality care as their neighbors to the north. By his own admission, Sanders' Medicare for All bill is modeled on Canada's health care system. On a fact-finding trip to Canada last fall, Sanders praised the country for guaranteeing health care to all people, quote-unquote, noting there is so much to be learned from the Canadian system. The only thing Canadian patients are guaranteed is a spot on a wait list. As the Fraser Institute report notes, in 2017, remember, it's relatively small country population-wise, More than 173,000 patients waited for an ophthalmology procedure. Another 91,000 lined up for some form of general surgery. More than 40,000 waited for a urology procedure. All told, nearly 3% of Canada's population was waiting for some kind of medical care at the end of last year. That's 3% of the population. Remember, the vast majority of the population probably didn't use any significant medical care. Now, those delays were excruciatingly long. After receiving a referral from a general practitioner, the typical patient waited more than 21 weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, that's more than five months to receive treatment from a specialist. That was the longest average waiting period on record and more than double the medium wait in 1993. So it's getting worse and worse. Now, rural patients faced even longer delays. For instance, the average Canadian in need of orthopedic surgery waited almost 24 weeks for treatment. But the typical patient in rural Nova Scotia waited nearly 39 weeks for the same treatment. That's 10 months. One Ontario woman, Judy Congdon, learned that she needed a hip replacement in 2016, according to the Toronto Sun. Doctors initially scheduled the procedure for September 2017, Nearly one year later, the surgery never happened on schedule. The hospital ran over budget, forcing physicians to postpone her operation and many other operations for another year. In the United States, suffering for a year or more before receiving a joint replacement is unheard of. In Canada, it's routine. Canadians lose a lot of money waiting for their so-called free socialized medicine. On average, patients forfeit nearly $2,000 in lost wages. That's only counting the working hours they miss due to pain and immobility. And the Fraser Institute research has also calculated the value of all the waking hours that patients lose because they couldn't fully function. The toll was staggering. Almost $5,600 a patient totaling $5.8 billion nationally in Canada. And that ignores the value of uncompensated care provided by family members who often take time off work or quit their jobs to help ill loved ones. Canada isn't an anomaly. Every nation that offers government-funded 
universal coverage features long wait times. When the government makes health care free, quote unquote, consumers demand for medical services skyrocket. Patients have no incentive to limit their doctor visits or choose more cost efficient providers. And to prevent expenses from ballooning, the government sets strict budget caps that only enable hospitals to hire a limited number of staff, purchase a meager amount of equipment. Demand inevitability, inevitably outstrips supply. Shortages, rationing, reduced technology, reduced quality, dirty hospitals. That's what you get. Just look at the United Kingdom's government enterprise, the National Health Service, which is now over 70 years old. Today, British hospitals are so overcrowded, doctors regularly treat patients in hallways. The agency recently canceled tens of thousands of surgeries, including urgent cancer procedures, because of severe resource shortages. And last winter, nearly 17,000 patients waited in the backs of their ambulances, many for an hour or more, before hospital staff could even clear space for them in the emergency room. You didn't hear a word of this during the debate last night, where the moderators are supposed to be news people. And they should have been prepared for what Bernie Sanders was going to say, and Elizabeth Warren and the rest of them. Most Americans would look at these conditions in horror. Yet Bernie Sanders and his fellow travelers continue to treat the healthcare systems in Canada and the UK as paragons to which America should aspire. Sanders' Medicare for All proposal would effectively ban private insurance and force all Americans into a single government run healthcare plan. According to Sanders, this new insurance scheme would cover everything from regular checkups to prescription jobs, drugs, specialty care. No referral needed. Glasses, hearing aids, all at no charge to patients. Americans shouldn't fall for this row, these rosy promises. As Canadians know all too well, when the government foots the bill for health care, patients are the ones who pay the biggest price. Now, I have a question for you, Levinites. Canada... The UK, France, Germany, even worse, Venezuela and so forth. They're hiding in plain sight. Their systems are hiding in plain sight. Their rationing is hiding in plain sight. Their interminable waiting lines are hiding in plain sight. Their lack of drugs, hiding in plain sight. The shortages, the delays... The dilapidated facilities, the filthy facilities, they're hiding in plain sight. And yet they don't do any reports on them. Because the Democrat Party, progressive media, is filled with social activists who are pushing the agenda, who are driving the agenda. Their analyses all over the place, on the Canadian system, on the British system, on most of the European country systems, on the full-throated socialist systems, and in addition, and in addition, the police state measures that are necessary to enforce these government-run systems 
are quite stunning, even in so-called free countries that are less and less free. A complete failure by the media last night. These people are not smart, they're not informed, they're not prepared. And people are, well, Jake Tapper asked that tough question. Jake Tapper did not ask the right question. None of them did. Dana Bash, none of them did. And Don Lemon is a complete clown sitting there, pushing his agenda, making these outrageous, racist comments and putting question marks behind them so you can think they're a question. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. What she is? Was she some kind of a spiritualist or something or other? This absolute fruitcake? You know, she got the most hits on Google. Well, then she must be a powerful uh, brain trust. Uh, this well, what is her name? Do you remember, Mister Producer? I can't remember her name. Marianne Williamson. Is she a fiction writer or something? Wow, she's unbelievable. I have never seen anybody like her up there. She just absolutely swell. Yes. Anybody who takes any donation from a private sector company you see is corrupt. Take it from the trial lawyers, can take it from the teachers union, you can take it from the the uh, immigration front groups, you can take money from anyone on the left. Paul, you're very noble there. Uh, you're taking money from people who care about the, li- the little guy. Are you taking anything from a profit-making entity? What, are you corrupt? That must be a special interest or something or other. Incredible, really. Incredible. Dave, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the great WISN country. Go right ahead, sir. Hello, Mark. Great to, uh, great to have you um, gracing our uh, airwaves, man. I, I love Thank it you. every single time I hear you. Every Thank you. Every single time I hear you. Um, no, I just wanted to comment on the, uh, you, you know, the press and its you know, your great book, which I did read and enjoyed a great deal. Thank you. Um, you know, it's here's another piece of anecdotal evidence for the left and, you know, the news media being one and the same. Uh, way back when, seemingly like another lifetime, I worked at the biggest newspaper in uh, Wisconsin. And when Bill Clinton was first elected, literally the entire news section of the, progr- of the uh, paper, that would be the news section, uh, stood up and gave a standing O. So um, 
I wasn't happen. You know, I didn't happen to be in the news organization at that time. But uh, yeah, but you know, but that to- that showed you right there. Absolutely, absolutely. So anytime you know you uh, the the way you point out the way they spin it, the way they talk about it, it's like yeah, I uh, I see it also, lived it, and uh, it's it's no joke. All right, my friend. Thank you. Let us go to Max Frisco, Texas, the great WBAP country. Go. Hello, sir. What an honor speaking with you, you, Mark. Thank you. Eight years listener, first time caller. God bless you. The state of Texas. I love your uh, work and I love your book. I picked up two. There's no more in the Costco close by. I checked the last two weeks. You did a great job. I'm honored. Uh, two years being U.S. citizen, moved to the U.S. eight years ago, fully legally and based on the law, and I'm great to be U.S. citizen. And it's also, great to have you. Now, can we trade yeah. you for somebody like uh, maybe Pete Buttigieg? <laughs> Actually, uh, better yet, I, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Oh my, oh my gosh, these. I don't know how the people can listen to them and believe them because the country that I'm coming from is Iran. So. Um, Iran uh, failed a lot of uh, very uh, various policy that you see. It's mm-hmm. like a disaster when President Trump uh, was referring. What, what do you make of Rand Paul, who seems to be uh, quite the code pink Republican? The president of the United States deserves our salute yet again. He put sanctions on the Iranian foreign minister, who is a big-time propagandist for an Islamo-Nazi regime. And that's what it is. That is corrupt. That brutalizes its own people. And uh, <clears throat> sort of Rand Paul's counterpart, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the so, foreign minister. Well, you know, uh, we ought to talk to that foreign minister. I mean, the guy's a propagandist. Yeah, actually, that's why I he's wanna, the foreign minister. Yeah, I want to add uh, one more thing. Uh, I think uh, Rand Paul's not going to go anywhere and do anything because our president is smart than that. Uh, he's not going to disagree with the people of the... Well, you must be a war hawk. You know, the uh, the Code Pink Republicans are much like the, uh, the race-baiting Democrats. If you disagree with them, you're a racist. And the Code Pink Republicans, if you disagree with them, you're a war hawk. Same kind of mentality. Have you noticed that, Max? But, yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful. And uh, I was uh, trying to just touch base on one more thing. Uh, also, I, w- I want to say, uh, as a Muslim, I'm very ashamed of uh, those two Congress uh, people that we have, those ladies. Uh, to my understanding, they are just disgrace. They are a disgrace, uh, but uh, you're not allowed to say that, of course. Max, thank you, my friend. Appreciate your call. I shall return. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. 
You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Look in the mirror, folks. Now, do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. Here's Cheryl from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow. The very first time I tried it, I could immediately feel the tightening sensation. I've been using it for a week. And the results are very visible. My jawline looks so much younger. Now, using MDL technology as Chaminade's proprietary base, Genesil's new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. Now, listen. Results are guaranteed or 100% of your money back and no questions asked. Call now and the classic Genesil for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel Immediate Effects is also free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline, because no one needs to know your age. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or genucel.com, genucel.com. Get two free gifts and free express shipping. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to genucel.com. That's genucel.com. Okay. I think we're going to go to another caller. Let us go to Edward, Orlando, Florida, on Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? What's the greatest part about being great Mark Levin? What's that? No, you tell me. I asked you. Talking to gentlemen like Edward. I like that. Good answer. How's it going, man? I, I've been an admirer of yours for a while. I've been listening to you on satellite radio. Let me start by saying that I'm a Trump-loving black conservative. And I will tell you that I don't represent the typical, uh, I guess, black conservative. I come from inner city Atlanta, actually, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, but I saw the light when I turned about 20. I started listening to old Neil Bortz here in Atlanta. Oh, he's great. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, in fact, I was a personal friend of Royal, his, uh, um, his assistant. That, you know, was oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got indoctrinated early, man, and I just saw life from a totally different perspective, man. And uh, I would tell you this, though, on the reparations thing, yeah, I'm telling you, if if Trump were to take an executive action to do that, and it wouldn't even have to be much, man. I'm I'm all for the agenda, and I see what these folks on the left are trying to do, this race to the bottom, and I hate it. I mean, my family members and friends, you can imagine, I catch hell for my political position, but... You know, all of them, you know, they just, most black people by, by nature, and I know a lot of maybe your callers don't know this, by nature, we have conservative principle and values. The problem is, is that the biggest fear for most black folks that we have is most of us fear being subjugated again, be it by way of, you know, civil rights being rolled back. That's how we think. And we've seen, we, they know that they haven't, the, the Democrats haven't delivered anything for us tangible. They know that. So we're in a prime position to be honest with you, there are a lot more Trump supporters that are black than what people will, will lead on. But if well, let me let me stop you right there. I know this to be true because back in August, I keep bringing it up. There was a poll done in the African-American community and he was gaining uh, support 
it was over 20 percent. And that's when this all-out war against Trump as a racist really started taking place, and they haven't taken their foot off the gas pedal. No, because that's all they got. That's the go-to. It's like a, you know, it's like a football play that you know is going to work. That's the go-to to keep, you know, to keep black people voting Democrat because they know that that's the emotion that they can tug on. But I would tell you that this reparation thing, man, I, if you could find a way to do that, I'm going to tell you, you could you could shift the whole paradigm politically of this country. The left would be ruined if they were to do something. Anything. Listen, to be honest with you, Edward, it can't even work. How the hell would you figure out who legitimately deserves what or who who should pay what? If, if well, they got these things now where you. No, nah, you got you got people coming in here who are second and third generation, coming from different countries and so forth. If they make a claim or something, and you say no, no, you can't prove it. I can see this. I can see uh, there'd be pressure. There'd be there'd be debate. There'd be fight. I consider this enormously divisive. I really do. It, it it would be, but I would tell you that even if even if Trump were to try something, I'm telling you it would go I, along. I don't believe I could go along with it morally. I do not think people who've done anything wrong. It's not the country who pays; it's the people who pay. I don't think people who haven't done anything wrong, which is the overwhelming majority of Americans, their ancestors weren't here, uh, should be paying reparations. And in many cases, to people whose ancestors also weren't here. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very difficult to sort these things out. And then you're going to have all kinds of arguments, race-based arguments, people calling race because they, they vote against budgets and on and on and on. I, you see it your way. I don't see it that way. Yeah, and that's fine. But I would tell you this, that I am definitely for us on the right here, man, and doing whatever we oh, can I believe to fight. You. So what are you doing that. in Orlando? You were in Atlanta. Well, I'm actually I live in, I have a place in both. I was just down here traveling right now, uh, but uh, so it's it's just a situation, man. Where I, you know I push back at this crap every chance that I get, man. In terms of, of fighting this agenda, what because, kind of man, reaction do you get? Oh gosh, you know, sell out Uncle Tom, you know, Coon, all the names, you know, you Jeez. get you get all that stuff until they ask to let me borrow, you know, for me to borrow, you know, borrow money or something from me. Because, I mean, I've been successful in my business. I, I've been in business for myself since I was 20 years old. I'm, you know, 42 mm-hmm. now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just understand a lot of things from a, from a big perspective. And I understand that wealth and financial empowerment is the way to go. And, unfortunately, most people, man, to be honest with you, they just want to be made comfortable in their dysfunction. I mean, that's the reality. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. They, they just want to be made comfortable in their, in their dysfunction. And they, they want to play for the losing team. There are people, listen, Mark, you could put them on the winning team, put them in the uniform, give them the endorsement deal, the lights, the camera, and all that. And you know what they would do? They would score, score goals in the opposite team face. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious, man. Listen, put that in your next book. There are some people bound and determined to play for the losing team, man. I'm telling you. But I like winners. That's why I like you, the great one. Well, so, thank you, buddy. Thanks for taking my call, bud. You know, well, we'll, well, we'll, Edward, we'll you, call, you call again, all right? I will, man. Thanks, man. And all right, God bless you. Good luck with the book. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a good guy, huh? Let's go to Jerry, Wausau, Wisconsin, the great WSAU. Go right ahead, please. Thank you much, Mr. Levin, for taking my call. Yes, sir. I appreciate it sincerely. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I want to sincerely thank you for all the help you are giving our president to drain that doggone swamp. Yeah, well. Last night on the uh, great debate, I didn't hear anybody compliment about it today. But we had nine people up there on the stage who respected the 
national anthem. One stood there with his finger hanging down to the side. I was hoping that somebody would come. Well, he, that was Tim Ryan, who happens to be one of the more patriotic of the bunch. And he said, it, it absolutely, I think the guy was terrified up there. He said it was no offense. He didn't mean to. He just, you know, lost his focus and all. And I believe the guy because he's sort of a blue-collar Democrat, and he's not, you know, one of these left-wing Bernie Sanders kook types. He certainly does not show the respect for the flag. For the well, well he, he said it was wrong of him, and, and that he, uh, it, just, it just skipped his mind. Remember, he's not looking at the other people and so forth. So I could pound him, but I believe what he said, because I, I know who he is. I don't know him personally, but I know he's not one of these radical you know, anti-American, anti-military kooks. I guess even at 93 years old, you're never too old to apologize. Well, <laughs> you're not, hold on now, you're 93? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm, you, I'm, reading your, I'm reading Men in Black for the second time. You're, you're remarkable. Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press so you can read that the first time so you don't have to go back to Men in Black. But don't, don't hang up. I want to thank you for your call very, very much. How do you like that? Reminds me of my dad, you know, 93, so cared about the country. This gentleman, Jerry, same thing. I think Jerry's called before. Uh, my mother-in-law, I won't give out her age, she'll kill me. But she, uh, same, just very, very concerned about the future of the country. Brian, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT country. Go. Mr. Levin, this is an incredible honor to get to speak with you. You are the greatest voice of the conservative movement. Well, aren't and you I, kind? Thank you. I, 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 you are the one person I listen to every single day on XM Radio, so I thank you for taking my call. Thank you very I, much. I had to call and tell you uh, I was in Poland for work in Warsaw. Beautiful city, beautiful people. Uh, while I was there, I severely herniated my disc, and I was Oof. taken to a Polish emergency room, and I couldn't walk at all. They had to wheelchair me in. They put me on a bench with a pad on it because there was no room to put anybody. And I was there for hours. Mm. They finally took me back. I believe they gave me a CT scan because the machine was probably older than me, and I'm 45 years old. And after the scan, they sent me back, said they couldn't find anything wrong with me, gave me pain medication, wheelchaired me out to a taxi that took me to a hotel. I literally had no care, and it wasn't the people there are wonderful. It wasn't their fault. They're overwhelmed. They don't have the things they need. I was fortunate to be able to move my flight. I flew back to Pittsburgh, and I went to UPMC. The surgeons there were amazing. They did surgery on my back. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I've just finished physical, physical therapy. I feel amazing, and I feel truly blessed to live in a country where we have the health care we do. And I hope to God the Democrats are never able to take that you, away. You are so right. You know, there are those of us who appreciate where we live, we we feel blessed by what we have. Uh, no, everything's not equal, and you don't want everything to be equal, or you live in North Korea, where they say everything's equal, but of course it's not. We want opportunity. We want freedom and individualism. We have so many wonderful things surrounding us, and there's so many of them we don't even recognize them. And of course, any any society is imperfect. It's imperfect today but it's a great society. 
And so when I hear these Democrats, this is why it's so painful to just sit there and listen to them going that it's systemic racism. There's still systemic racism in every corner of the country. If you've earned something, it's because you've had a leg up and it just goes on and on and on. It is a complete attack on the American mindset, on American principles, on the on the generations that have come before. And we're supposed to say that these people love America. They don't love America. They hate America. They run on hate for America. And they want more and more people to hate America. They don't want assimilation into our culture. They say our culture is no different or no better than Guatemala or anywhere else for that matter. They, they celebrate illegal immigrants while they, while they reject American citizens. Anyway, right. sir, I want to thank you for your call. God bless you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Breaking story, the Hill newspaper, the great John Solomon, actual journalist, Justice Department's chief watchdog, the Inspector General, is preparing a damning report on James Comey's conduct in his final days as FBI director that likely will conclude he leaked classified information and showed a lack of candor after his own agency began looking into his feud with President Trump over the Russia probe. Inspector General I.G. Michael Horowitz's team referred Comey for possible prosecution under the classified information protection laws. But Department of Justice prosecutors working for Attorney General William Barr reportedly have decided to decline prosecution, a decision that's likely to upset Comey's conservative critics. Prosecutors found the I.G.'s findings compelling, but decided not to bring charges because they didn't believe they had enough evidence of Comey's intent to violate the law, according to multiple sources. The concern stemmed from the fact that one memo that Comey leaked to a friend, specifically to be published by the media, as he admitted in congressional testimony, contained information classified at the lowest level of confidential. And that classification was made by the FBI after Comey had transmitted the information, say the sources. Although a technical violation, DOJ did not want to make its first case against Russian investigators with such thin margins and look petty and vindictive, a source told me. But Comey and others inside the FBI and the DOJ during his tenure still face legal jeopardy and ongoing probes by the IG and bar appointed special prosecutor John Durham. 
Those investigations are focused on the origins of the Russia investigation that included a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant targeting the Trump campaign at the end of the 2016 election, the source said. There are significant issues emerging with how the FISA was handled and other conduct in the investigation, and everyone involved remains under scrutiny, a second source said. The lack of prosecution is certain to demoralize some conservatives who long have called for Comey's head. But the Inspector General's report, set to be released within the next few weeks, likely will provide significant condemnations of Comey's conduct, sources tell me. While they caution the IG's final report won't be complete until it gets feedback from Comey's lawyers in the next few days. It's expected to conclude that the former FBI director improperly took with him memos that were FBI property when he was fired. Ding, 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 ding. I believe I said that over and over, Mr. Producer, and shared some of the memos with his private lawyers. Some of the Comey memos were classified up to the secret level, but the FBI has not disclosed whether those were shared with his lawyers like the classified confidential memo was. In addition, the IG is likely to find Comey engaged in a lack of candor when FBI agents came to retrieve the classified memos in his possession. Gee whiz. I wonder how retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn thinks about that. Comey's a liar and a leaker. Trump fired him and should have fired him. Trump deserves a parade. He didn't deserve an investigation. All right, Mr. Producer. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment. Crimes of opportunity. In other words, random. Did you know most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in the middle of the day? Now, homes without home security are 300% more likely to be broken into. 65% of burglaries are committed by someone that the victim knows. July and August are when the most burglaries occur. That's what's crazy. It's that one in five homes only have home security. Because most companies really don't make it easy. And that's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24 7 professional monitoring. They make it easy on you. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. It's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times' wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring, just 15 bucks a month. But one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of the list. Simply Safe uses their video verification technology to visually confirm the break in, allowing police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than with other home security companies. Visit simplysafemark.com. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Be sure to go to simplysafemark.com so they know that I sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. How do you like that? The revelations goes on, are likely to dent Comey's carefully manicured image as a law and order FBI director who was fired for standing up to Trump. The IG concluded in prior investigations that Comey's firing was not driven by Trump's fears about the Russia investigation, ruining his presidency, but rather by DOJ concerns about Comey's performance in the Hillary Clinton email probe. Ironically, Comey's decision not to charge Clinton for violating the Espionage Act for mishandling classified information or email server mirrors the same rationale that Barr's DOJ applied to declining prosecution of him. 
lack of evidence of intent. Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. No wonder the Democrats want to impeach Donald Trump and remove him from office. No wonder they want to ruin Barr and hold him in contempt. They don't want any of this stuff to come out. Well, as chairman of Fatties United, I say to them, F you. We fatties are united. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. We have, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a uh, fun program if we didn't ridicule as a foil the morning schmo. And Mrs. Schmo, of course. Pete Buttigieg was on the morning schmo show. And uh, let's hear how this brilliant back and forth took place. Cut 12, go. Where do you think you stand on, on that spectrum between Elizabeth Warren on one side and Tim Ryan on the other? Look, I view myself as progressive, but I, I think that response out of Trump world was pretty revealing, right? Most of what we yeah. stand for, the American people stand with us, whether it's the idea that we ought to have universal health care or the fact that the minimum wage ought to be higher uh, or what we think ought to happen around gun control. So if we are crazy socialists, then they're saying the American people are uh, Well, of course, Americans want more government, less Bill of Rights. More tyranny, less liberty, more group identification, less individualism. And I know this, of course, because I'm Pete Buttigieg, and I've been mayor of Podunk, which I've run very poorly. And who knows better than I with the American people? I think this guy's a what, 2%? 2%? This is a republic anyway. It's not a democracy. We don't need any of these people on the stage if we're just going to have plebiscites. We can just go vote all the time. We have the technology now. Tell me, is that what the Declaration of Independence is all about? Unalienable rights that are up for a vote? Is that what the Constitution's all about? This guy's a nitwit. Absolute nitwit. So, you know, if they're calling us socialists, by golly, then it must be that, you know, we're all the American people must be socialists as well. To show you what a genius Pete Buttigieg is, listen to this. Cut 14, go. We have to respond to all of these changes and, uh, you know, in addition to confronting tech in addition to supporting workers by doubling unionization, as I propose to do. Some of this is low-tech, too. Like, the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when Scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. Wow, this guy really does have applesauce for a brain. It's always interesting to hear a hardcore progressive radical... Democratic Socialists quote scripture. 
Uh, and he's now telling so-called conservative Christian senators, if you don't embrace his radical agenda, then you're a so-called conservative Christian senator who's taunting the poor and deviating from your faith and defying the Bible. When the truth is, for Buddhism, the Bible is in between his ears. The truth is anything that comes out of his mouth. This is a very sick mentality, and yet it is the mentality of the hard left. And he quotes the Bible. Pretty damn outrageous. And so what, what we've done here is tried to pick the most outrageous statements. Here's Elizabeth Warren, who lied that she was a Native American, and if there was justice in this country, she'd pay a price for this. Made a hell of a lot of money out of being a fraud. Now, here she is. Listen to this one about the first use of a nuclear weapon. Go ahead. Cut 15. Senator Warren, you want to make it U.S. policy that the U.S. will never use a nuclear weapon unless another country uses one first. Why should the U.S. tie its own hands with that policy? Because it makes the world safer. Because it makes the world safer. What makes the world safer? That all of our enemies know that they can strike first and blow New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or Miami off the face of the earth and then maybe, maybe we'll respond? Do you understand how dangerous this fool is? Thank you, Massachusetts. Do you understand what a nut she is? Because it'll make the world safer, you know, Medicare for all. Go ahead. The United States is not going to use nuclear weapons preemptively, and we need to say so to the entire world. It reduces the likelihood that someone miscalculates, someone misunderstands. Our first responsibility is to keep ourselves safe. And what's happening right now with Donald Trump as they keep expanding the different ways that we have nuclear weapons, the different ways. What does this have to do with Donald Trump, you halfwit? You idiot. He asked you a question about first use. You said no. And then Donald Trump. Did I mention he's a racist? I meant to mention he's a racist. A xenophobe. A, uh, a, I don't know. Whatever. Go ahead. They could be used. Puts us all at risk. Hmm. You see, she doesn't. Right? Un doesn't. Putin doesn't. The Iranians don't. Trump, and even more than Trump, we put ourselves at risk because we're a bad country. You may have heard systemic racism, wage gaps. We hate women. You may have heard we hate immigrants. We're profiteers. We're colonialists. We're imperialists. You may have heard We use all the world's resources. We pollute the world with carbon dioxide. We suck. It's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. There's your Elizabeth Warren. She is uh, uh, very much the uh, very much very popular. She's trying to move to the left of uh, of Lenin, and so she's trying to place uh, uh, Trotsky. And then we have uh, Beto O'Rourke. 
Let's listen to this halfwit. I mean, genius. Cut eight, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. I want to acknowledge something that we're all touching on, which is the very foundation of this country, the the wealth that we have built, the way we became the greatest country on the face of the planet was literally on the backs of those who were kidnapped and brought here by force. The legacy of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and suppression is alive and well in every aspect of the economy and in the country today. As president, I will sign into law a new Voting Rights Act. I will focus on education, address health care disparities, but I will also sign into law Sheila Jackson Lee's reparations bill. What? So that we can- Sheila Jackson, I wouldn't sign anything that she had her name on. But I will also take care of the reparations. Yes, I will. We'll take care of reparations. You know, let's talk about some of the things that weren't asked. The position of the Democrat Party on post-birth abortion, a.k.a. infanticide. They weren't asked about that. They weren't asked about the squad. The Jew-hating squad. They weren't asked about Omar's comments. Or Talib's comments. Or Aach's comments. They weren't asked about their positions when it comes to anti-Semitism and that resolution in the House that was watered down in order to protect Omar. They weren't even asked about their positions on Israel vis-a-vis the Arabs who call themselves Palestinians. Were they? No, they weren't asked any of those questions. I mean, you don't want to embarrass them, do you? They weren't reminded that seven or eight years ago they supported funding to secure a border and build more physical barriers on the southern border. That just six or seven months ago they said that that was a manufactured crisis and that now they want to quote-unquote decriminalize, that is, open the floodgates even more than they are, eliminate ICE, eliminate the Border Patrol. These are political opportunists, not just the Democrats, but the media hacks. There could have been serious, tough questions. Serious, tough questions, but there weren't. People praising two out of the three moderators because of their their follow-up. They, you know, they kept asking. They kept asking. Elizabeth Warren, uh, how are you going to pay for this, Liz? How are you, you going to pay for this? Get the rich. Sack the rich. Take their homes. Take their cars. Take their children. Then their grandchildren. Take their jewelry. Take their bank accounts. Take their stock. Take it all. Off with their heads. Well, you know, Liz, uh, that won't pay for enough. I mean, you really have to tax the uh, the middle class, too. Nah. Nah, no, we don't. Well, how are you going to make this work? Nah. Republican talking points. Polly want a cracker. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's take a call, shall we? Judy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Two things. Uh, You were talking earlier about health care with all them up there on stage. Uh, This party of infanticide. I just remind everybody that alone is an outrage. And nobody talks about the infanticide part. Okay. You know. These hypocritical politicians, Mark, like Bernie Sanders, you know, they have the most cushiony 
platinum insurance policies, you know? I love to see, I love it. I'd love to see them get, you know, I'd like to see them, you know, get their policies the way they're advocating for everybody else, which is the socialist, health careless, I call it, crappy insurance. I'd love that. All of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. What was your mm-hmm. second point? Okay, James Comey. Uh, never mind that he bro- uh, helped destroy, you know, the cell phones, gave immunity to five people. It's unheard of, on and on. But guess what? He mm-hmm. basically went to President Trump, and he told Trump that the dossier is unverified. And yet he took that same dossier, and he took it to the FISA judges, and he signed off on it, mm-hmm. pretending that it's, that, you know, with this dossier, knowing that it was unverified. Like, I, I don't know why they can't get him on things of this nature. I feel confident that if Bill Barr thought he could get him, he would, don't you? Honestly, I, I, you know what? I tell you the truth. Uh, us deplorables, we're really upset. We've really, really, we've had it. Well, I know, but a, a, apart from the emotion, I, I believe, I have faith in Bill Barr. I think if they could, if they felt that they could charge him and uh, and succeed, I think they would. That's well, just my opinion. Pardon? That is just my opinion. Well, you know what? I really think that William Barr is a great AG, and I'm really hoping at the end of the day there's going to be some people that are going to be held accountable, because so far no one has been. We're very frustrated over here. Well, you're not the only one. I'm frustrated, too. <laughs> but I don't want them to bring a phony case if they, can't, if they don't think they can get a conviction. That would be a disaster. Then all of a sudden you have a martyr on your hands. Uh, nothing is phony about this. This is the truth. You're not, you're not a prosecutor. And what I'm saying is they have looked at this and they are concerned that it's the lowest form of classification. I read you the article, the whole nation. It's the lowest form of classification. It was classified after he leaked it. And that makes a tough prosecution, doesn't it? Well, that's the leaking part, but I'm talking about the dossier. What about that? He signed off on it. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for the inspector general's report on that. Well, the inspector general, he's not a he's not a he's not an attorney, a prosecutor, right? Thanks for your call. And I don't know why we're talking in circles here. He is an attorney. He was a prosecutor. Uh, We have to wait for the inspector general's report because he's investigating Comey. Comey was a person in the Department of Justice. Be different if Comey had worked at the State Department and so forth, and then it would be much more difficult. Obviously, an inspector general wouldn't have any jurisdiction and couldn't investigate him. But if you're saying, I want to prosecute it anyway, uh, that's fine, but there's nothing I can do about it. Really, nothing I can do about it. Uh, let's see. Teresa, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the great WHBL country. How are you? Hi, Mark. How are you? Okay. Good, good. See, I just had to call because I ordered your book Uh yesterday on Amazon Prime. By the way, isn't that a great deal? Yes, I got it at the sale price, and I got it in the mailbox today. So you ordered it yesterday. You got it for free because you're part of Amazon Prime, and you you paid $13.44. You can't do any better than that, seriously. No, no, and I'm so excited. I haven't started reading it yet, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And I'm actually, when I'm done reading it, I'm going to pass it on to my daughter. Wonderful. She is. She just graduated, and she's going to school for history. And I wanted her to go to Hillsdale, but 
it was a little tough because yeah. Michigan. And she's like, oh, I don't want to go to school in Michigan, Mom. Well, the state has nothing to do with it. It is a tremendous school, tremendous campus, and she will make lifetime friends there. This I can tell you. Yeah. I, I just sounded like Trump there. This I can tell you. I picked up a Trumpism. Yes. Because um, I um, was introduced to you from my friend Sharon, like, I don't know, three years ago. Yeah. Never heard of you before. And, Uh-oh. And you educate. I just appreciate everything that you do every day. Well, thank you. You're very, very kind. I appreciate it, too. You take care of yourself. Let's take another caller. Ron, Kingston, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Good. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You got concerns, it. Concerns your book uh, on freedom of the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was most interesting, and I went first to Chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, unlike the last... This is of, the chapter that says the New York Times betrays millions. Right. Unlike the lack of reporting during the Holocaust, mm-hmm. in November 1938, mm-hmm. the Crystal Night pogrom was extensively covered in the New York Times, mm-hmm. not in the back pages, but on the front pages. And my question to you is... Do you know how many times the Holocaust was on the front page of the New York Times? It, it, it wasn't. According, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no. go back and read the chapter again. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, but it was extensively covered. It was not extensively covered. It was mentioned. But anyway, go right ahead. On Crystal Night, it was. Yes, mm-hmm. the event... People, people can Google it themselves. But anyway, go ahead and make your point. Okay, my point was, I thought it was more extensively... You know, there was a lot of information there. In fact, my grandfather was murdered on that night, and mm-hmm. that was... His name was even mentioned uh, in the New York Times on the front page, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it was important to me, and that's why I I have those documents, you know, from the New York Times on that date. Yeah, but you're you're, you're kind of misleading the public here. It is well known that the New York Times censured the Holocaust. It's well known that it on the front page of the New York Times it appeared less than a dozen times and usually at the bottom it's well known that it was um, watered down put in the back pages to the extent it was in the back pages at all so I just don't want the public to be uh, unwittingly misled uh, that that chapter is based on absolute 100% fact period the New York Times is a disgrace for many reasons but especially that reason I'll be right back ends and liberty begins. The Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Just to show you how disgusting and outrageous it is out there with the left media, Robert Krejcik over at Breitbart. After the Islamic terrorist attacks of 9-11, President Donald Trump was constantly at ground zero, motivating and inspiring first responders during the rescue efforts, confirmed Bernie Kerik who served as New York City's police commissioner at the time in a Tuesday interview on Sirius XM's Breitbart News Tonight with host Rebecca Mansour and special guest host John Hayward. 
News media outlets such as CNN and Vox, left-wing kook outlets, characterized Trump as mendacious. Following Trump's recollection of 9-11 and its aftermath during public remarks on Monday regarding his signing into law an extension of the 9-11 Compensation Fund. Said I was sitting there when he said that, shared Carrick of Trump's aforementioned remarks. I didn't think one thing of the remarks because I know they're true. I must have seen Donald Trump down there. I don't know. I want to say between five and ten times walking through ground zero, talking to first responders, motivating, inspiring, whatever you want to call it. And he wasn't the only one. Carrick continued, there's a litany list of people, celebrities and sports figures that came down to ground zero constantly. They are the people, the celebrities and sports figures. They went through there constantly trying to inspire the men and women that were down there. Politicians, added Carrick, normally didn't come down to ground zero unless there was a camera around. First responders worked 24-7 for six months at ground zero after the attacks. Carrick went on, I ran into Donald Trump numerous times. He thanked me. He thanked us for what we were doing. And then I heard his comments yesterday. I didn't think a thing of it. Sitting right in front of him. And then I saw an article last night written by somebody at CNN criticizing him for saying that he was there with an inference that he was not, which is a lie. He was there. I was there at Ground Zero when he would walk through there and thank everybody he came across. But don't worry. Jeffrey Motherzucker's really thrilled with this, this little newsroom he's created. Can't understand why Republicans have a problem with it. Trump is very supportive of law enforcement. He said, nobody has to tell me how supportive Trump is of the men and women in law enforcement and the military. I know. I've known the guy for 25 years. Carrick added, in fact, what the article didn't tell you is that Donald Trump sent a ton of people down there that worked for him to assist in the volunteer efforts. But this is just another way to attack the president. I think it's pretty sickening, concluded Carrick. It demonstrates how low these people will go to attack him. It really does. It really is sick beyond belief. Absolutely appalling. Surprised they didn't call him a racist. Oh, yeah. Tell you about Hillsdale College. This is a magnificent institution. And one of the reasons is it has a great statesman as a leader, Dr. Larry Arn. Now, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth and to hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them abandoned their missions long ago, locked in the grip of political correctness. They don't even allow open discourse anymore. They peddle moral and cultural relativism and reject the idea of objective truth. Not Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale's remained true to its original mission, to provide the sound learning that is essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. As Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to providing its students the very best liberal arts education in the country. Hillsdale also remains committed to offering you opportunities to learn about the many blessings of liberty so that you can do your part to preserve it. They offer you free online courses and their free monthly speech digest of conservative thought. That's in Primus. Hillsdale extends their reach through their Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C. and the Barney Charter School Initiative. It's also helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this 
is Hillsdale College. By the way, just so you know, Sean Hannity is the most watched cable news talker in the country, bar none. I mention that because if I don't mention it, nobody else will. I know the feeling when I achieved something with the New York Times, the 10 weeks in a row on the New York Times bestseller list. It's not to be celebrated because it's the New York Times. It's to be celebrated in spite of the New York Times. But we want to salute my buddy, Sean. He deserves every bit of it. So you have all these clowns who pretend they're concerned about climate change. And they go to this climate change summit. Is it in uh, Camden, New Jersey, Mr. Producer? No. Is it in East Palo Alto, Mr. Producer? No. Is it in Baltimore, Maryland, Mr. Producer? No. Where is it? I don't know. One of these swanky places. But you need a jet to get there. It's in Sicily. At this magnificent resort. And so all these people are flying their private jets or taking their massive private yachts to this event. The crappio, Obama Benito, and now this new idiot, Prince Harry. You know, um, my lovely wife and I, uh, we're only going to have two children as our contribution to controlling climate change. Are you an idiot? Why don't you close down six or seven of your castles? I mean... I don't care about the royals. I don't care what they have in summer. Don't lecture us. Hey, we're only going to have two because of climate change. No, you're not. Because you don't want three. That's why you're only having two. Who the hell are these guys to be lecturing us? The New York Post crunched the numbers and found that 114 first-class seats from Los Angeles to to Palermo, uh, Italy, where Camp Guest landed, Palmero. Uh, I'm trying to read this, and the print is awful. My ink is low. I apologize. Which spew an estimated 784,000 kilograms of CO2 into the air. That's a lot of uh, methane. Google Camp. Google Camp? It's a three-day summer camp. It's going to cost the tech giants $20 million. Google Camp is meant to be a place where influential people get together to discuss how to make the world better, one regular attendee told the Post. It's where the pretty people go, the beautiful people, all left-wing kooks. How to make the world better by limiting our liberty. There will likely be discussions about online privacy, politics, human rights, and of course the environment, which makes it highly ironic that this event requires 114 private jets. Attendees pay for their own travel to Sicily, but then Google foots the bill for everything at the opulent Vidura Resort, which reportedly features two golf courses <laughs> and where rooms start at $903 a night. These are the people who want to control your life, folks. It's such a pathetic, sickening joke. Sources tell the New York Post that guests were personally invited by Google founders. Well, isn't that swell? Katy Perry arrives, uh, Camp Sicily. Well, I, I always want to know what Katy Perry thinks about everything, don't you? You've got uh, Barry Diller arrived on his enormous $200 million yacht called EOS. Massive. 
You have stars including Harry Styles, Orlando Bloom, Diane Von Buffenbaum, uh, I don't know, Barry Diller I just mentioned. Also, for the Environmental Gap Fest was the mega yacht Andromeda, a 351-foot behemoth owned by a New Zealand billionaire and which features its own helipad. Hey guys, let's all get together and talk about the environment. Stella McCartney, Bradley Cooper, Nick Jones, Gail King, also be on hand. <coughs> Even Mark Zuckerberg of Google's rival Facebook was invited. Now, the guests dine among ancient temples and are treated <laughs> performances by the likes of Sting and Elton John, Coldplay, Chris Martin. Then they retire to their suites at the Vidora Result. Feeling very, very noble and earnest that they're solving the world's problems for we the plebes. And this is what the left wants. A relative handful of sanctimonious, narcissistic, egomaniacal buffoons controlling your life. They live like this. But then they want to control what kind of car you drive, what you put in your car your dishwasher, your washing machine, your dryer, what kind of paint you can put on you. But them, you know, I'd like a 351-foot yacht. That might be a little bit. No, no, I don't think so. We've got all kinds of systemic problems in America. You know, unequal pay for men and women. And we've got uh, all kinds of uh, systemic uh, racism. We've got, uh, you know, ripping off the poor. You should see my yacht. It's really quite cool. And my helicopter on my yacht. And then I can helicopter to the private airport and get on my jet. Now, you see, here's the thing. We conservatives don't care what they do. We don't care what they own, as long as they earn it the old-fashioned way, legally. But they care what you earn, as modest as it is. And they want to control what kind of doctor you can say. This is outrageous. We don't need these people telling us how to lead our lives. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. People are always asking me, Mark, is the X chair really as comfortable as you say that it is? My answer is always yes. I'm sitting in it right now. And thank God for it. It's done wonders for me. In fact, I probably don't do an adequate job describing just how great this chair actually feels. So take my advice. Get one to feel it for yourself. Thanks to X-Chair's 30-day no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Let me repeat that. 30-day no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. You have no risk. So if you're wondering if what I say is true, just try it for yourself. Once you feel the X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support, or DVL, you'll understand exactly why I love my X-Chair so much. Take advantage of X-Chair's new financing option and increase your productivity with the right model for you. X-Basic or X1 through X4. X-Chair can fit your body and your budget. X-Chair is on sale right now. It's $100 off. I recommend you pull the trigger. Just go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. You can also call them 
one eight four 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 X chair. One eight four 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 X chair. Go to xchair.com now and use code XWheels and you'll receive a free set of the new X Wheels, which are very cool. Uh, with your with your chair. That's xchairlevin.com or one eight four 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 X chair. How much time do we have, Mr. Producer? Four? Is my Aretha still there? Who's next in the lineup? Mark the DJ. You do have her? Let's hear her again. Oh. Do you have my guy Whitaker there? Remember him? Go look for him. What the hell? We have time. Mark, you're killing... I'm not killing anything. I'm sick of the news. I'm sick of the Democrats. I'm sick of the debates. I'm sick of all these people. That's what music's for, to calm you down a little bit. Don't you think? I got to figure out how to do a mix of this show with music, with sports. Speaking of which, let me do it right now. Lower just a little bit. There I am. Watching for the first time in a while, first take on ESPN. When I'm doing my exercises three times a week with my buddy Justin. And uh, I turn it on and there's my buddy Stephen A. Smith. He's got one of these shoulder harnesses or whatever the hell they call it. I'm going, what, what, what happened to him? So I text, I emailed him. We are friends. I mean, we don't socialize, but we are friends. And I said, hey, what happened to you? I don't know if he's even talked about it publicly, what happened to him. Well, anyway, he was boxing. He hurt his rotary cup. That hurts like hell. So I told him, we're too old for this. That's got to hurt a lot. He said, it hurts a lot, and you're right. Louder. See, I just did it. It's the Mark Levin Show. A little bit of sports, a little bit of music. All right, enough of this. Let's take a call. Tina, St. Paul, North Carolina. The great WFNC. Go. Mr. Levin, sir, I love your show. I just started watching. Yes. My thing is. uh, Do you watch the radio? Oh, God. I I listen. And I watch on TV. Thank you very much. And I, I love it. I love it. Learned it from Hannity. Love it. He's a good man. But, yes, he is, sir. And so are you. You're doing well, such great you. things. But my problem is, my mother comes from a small tribe called the Hopi. I, I'm, I'm actually quite familiar with that tribe. Yep. You are. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because when I was like in middle school, we used to call it junior high. I had to do a report on that tribe. Oh, wow. Then you know about us. I know about you. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, my problem is, is that Mr. James Comey, and this makes me so angry, yeah, that he literally started the Mueller investigation due to his leaks and his lies and all yeah. this stuff. You're right. I don't know about Mr. Barr. I really don't. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. But he reminds me of the old Republican guard that says, oh, let's just forget it and move on. I am so angry. And I, I have a feeling, based on your call and the lady, Judy, from Brooklyn earlier, I have a feeling that this isn't going to go down very well. Am I right? Oh, no, it's not. You, it, it, he hurt our president, the people. 
Trump couldn't run the nation right. It was causing problems. Tina, Tina, I got to go. Thank you very much, Rico. Don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Folks, 52% off. I bet they kill it off tonight. I don't know. They won't do it for long. Get your copy at Amazon. We salute all you heroes out there and hang in there, America. We shall overcome. And see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.